Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Finnovate Podcast. Joining me today, we have Claudia Tabasinic, the SVP of Deposit and Payment Products at TIAA Bank. Claudia, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Greg. Good afternoon. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and thank you for the invitation. Yeah, no, happy to have you on the show. So to start, just give us a little bit of a background on yourself and your role at TIAA. So I am the Senior Vice President of Deposit and Payment Products at TIA Bank. Uh, For those listening, TIA Bank is the bank arm of TIAA, which is a company that has been around over 100 years with the mission of helping teachers retire with dignity. Today, we have many people who work for -for non-for-profits, rely on our financial products and services, uh, and achieve financial well-being. Um, the goal of the bank really is to expand the financial services that we offer to our retirement participants. And I joined uh, TIA Bank in 1920, in 2016, I'm sorry, to head our deposit and payment products. And that includes all of our retail consumer products, as well as suite products and all the payments. And since joining, I've been very focused on integrating the banking solutions to the rest of the TIA ecosystem with a focus on our participants. And prior to joining the bank, I spent about 13 years in different product management, sales, and strategy roles with Bank of America uh, and Citibank. So you've got a pretty deep uh, perspective here from with a lot of experience. Have you ever seen a year like the last one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not seen a, a year like uh, 2020, but it for certain has been a very interesting year that has you know given us many opportunities. Uh, many ways to really think about what kind of services we provide our customers and even how we live our lives. Yeah, no, I mean, certainly a lot has been upended in the last year. And one of the pieces that we were talking about just before we push record really is, you know, the way that customer behavior has has shifted a lot over the past 12 months. Um, can you give us some perspective from where you're coming from on what you've seen as far as the changing customer behaviors that have really stood out? Absolutely. So I'll tell you a little bit about ourselves because TI Bank customers are here with us primarily for our savings solution. You know, the bank, like I mentioned earlier, helps to expand the retirement continuum. And it's an area where TI Bank, which has been a digital first bank, has been very strong for many years. We've always offered competitive interest rates and we have a yield pledge offer, which really guarantees to our customers that our yields will be in the top 5% of the competitive accounts. And so our primary relationship with our customers is with predominantly affluent customers. And we have seen a tremendous increase in um, levels of savings. You know, with all the stay-at-home restrictions, less of our clients have had the opportunities to spend as much as they used to. So we don't see as much spending in restaurants, enjoying family vacations. And so obviously that has resulted in higher levels of deposits for the bank. And what we've noticed is that some of our customers are really looking to their financial services providers for advice. So in that that sense, as a bank that's tied to TIAA, we have a very holistic view of where else our customers are invested. And so we have an opportunity to provide advice to the customers. I would say that when I look at 
the set of customers that actually think of TIA Bank as their primary bank and also maintain their payment accounts with us. We have seen, as you would expect, uh, increase the views in our mobile app, transactions in app. We have seen a decline in the use of cash, less customers going to ATMs. We also have seen increased use of our digital wallets and payment-to-payment P2P transactions like Cell. So we've definitely seen some changes in the way that banks interact with us and in the way customers interact with us and what customers are now expecting from their banks. Sure. And I think I think that lines up with what a lot of uh, the sort of colloquial evidence is that in this type of situation, obviously, there's a sort of general tightening. And, and you know, in this situation, people are prevented from being able to spend on restaurants or vacations or things like that. But anytime there's kind of a, a shock to the system, there's you know, a natural response, I think, is to try and just tighten the purse strings a little bit and, and make sure that you're well covered. Um, and, and ditto the idea, too, behind you know, increase in mobile banking. This is something that is uh, certainly a foreseeable consequence once you have the idea that you know, people are limiting their exposure, their trips out of the house. Um, you know, so I, I guess my next question is, how well prepared were you at TIA Bank for these shifts? Did you feel like you guys were well set up from a tech standpoint to handle everything that came? I think that as a digital first bank, we have had some of the main uh, services that our customers were looking for in a COVID world. We obviously were already set up for, you know, sell payments. Our cards were already um, available to be loaded to digital wallets. Uh, so I think we were at a good place. However, one of the things that I will tell you, uh, Greg, is that we did find opportunities where we can do what we were doing better. So a couple of examples, you know, as we saw more customers leveraging their digital wallets, we decided to take steps to enhance and automate the way we were uh, notifying customers when their cards were being provisioned to their wallets and may take the opportunity to provide some information in terms of how to be more safe in this space. Um, we also saw that more customers were using Zelle. And we noticed that in some instances, they were trying to conduct transactions for amounts that were higher than what we had established the limits at. So we started leveraging some artificial intelligence to do more dynamic management of our Zelle limits. Um, and one of the things that I will share with you is we had had the issuance of contactless cards, upgrading our debit cards to contactless, which we had in the roadmap and realized that, you know, maybe we didn't have as much time as we needed. And so we've taken some extra steps to get this contactless cards into market sooner than we had initially anticipated. And kudos to you for looking at something and not just saying, well, we've got the box checked, um, so we're, we're done, you know, and really thinking, how can we make this better? How can we improve the process? I think that's a really intelligent thing to have done, especially in a moment where I know it wasn't easy to, to find the time and capacity to make those type of adjustments. Can you talk through you know, what sort of happened on the back end there, you know, how you went about making the adjustments that you needed to and prioritizing these new pieces uh, that you all of a sudden had this need of getting them in front of customers right away? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, uh, Greg. And obviously, you know, during the pandemic, all the banks had to make a, a lot of quick adjustments last minute. You know, how do you refund fees? How do you communicate with customers? How do you provide customers the best options? So clearly, you know, we had to take the opportunity to reassess everything that we had on the roadmap. Some of the things that were 
really nice to have, but that we're not going to be helping our customers at a time of need, uh, like during COVID, those things were moved to the back burner. And some of those capabilities that we saw increased use, uh, we went in and we partnered with some of our vendors to try and get um, an accelerated rollout for some of the new services that we thought would be helpful to customers uh, during times of COVID. Yeah, I have to imagine that some shuffling around on the back end would have taken place there. And hopefully you can come back and, and dust off some of those projects that got put on the back burner because I'm sure they will become useful and, and pressing again in due course. Um, so now you know we've talked a lot about what sort of happened over the, the past year. Let's shift gears a little bit and look towards the future. You know, I think one of the pieces we were also talking about before we push record is this idea that consumer behavior will really never come back to the way it was in 2019 or early 2020. Um, what are your predictions on how you expect to see consumer behavior continue to change and what we'll see unfold next year, the year following, or even you know, 2025? That's a really good question. I mean, I think one of my favorite topics to talk about is when are we going to get rid of paper and plastic in the financial services industry, right? So with the continued adoption of contactless and customers moving away from cash, you know, when do we see banks stop issuing checks? When are we going to see banks stop issuing debit cards? You know, I, I think that we are closer to that than what we think. And, you know, some of the solutions that we are looking at is how do we create as part of the account opening process, uh, the provisioning of your digital card into your customer wallet? And obviously we're talking about debit cards here because that's the first one that gets usually uh, submitted when you a customer opens up a new deposit product. So I think that's one area where I expect to see less paper and less plastic in general. Um, and I think, you know, one other area where uh, banks need are going to continue to work with is with the fintech companies. You know, this concept of invisible payments or embedded fintech, which is the seamless integration of payments and financial services into everyday life, will continue to become more prevalent. I mean, you know, what I refer to is the Uber payment experience. You go in, you get your ride, you come out, and there's really no need to take out your card, your wallet, get a receipt, save the receipt. So I think, you know, Embedded FinTech delivers on this expectation that will be fundamental to providing the next generation of digital experiences. And when I think about the, the next generation of digital experiences, clearly my mind goes to my uh, teenage kids and how they interact with technology these days. And it really is all voice activated. So, you know, biometrics to me is almost like the next frontier. I would say probably the, the current frontier. You know, we know that there's over 100 million users worldwide that have some form of voice activated smart home technology like you know, Google Home or Amazon Alexa. So I think more and more consumers are getting used to speaking commands, uh, interacting with different providers uh, through voice and starting to feel a little bit more comfortable that that is a secure way to transact. So I know that, you know, when I, when I do some reading and I see that research that has predicted that biometrics will be used for more than 18 billion transactions in 2021 with a value exceeding $210 billion, I can only imagine we want to be a part of getting to those numbers and driving that behavior. Yeah, that's a very large pie that I think everybody's going to want to get a slice of. Yes. 
And, and I would probably say, you know, last but not least, simply because it's always in the back of my mind and we talked a little bit about it before, is what's the role of cryptocurrency in the payments arena going forward? Um, when you start to see uh, very um, famous people like Elon Musk and Tesla start accepting cryptocurrency as form of payment for buying a car, then it starts to feel like there are more use cases and that the world will continue to move in that direction than what we've thought of in the past. And so I'm really looking forward to staying close to where cryptocurrency is going. I do know that from a blockchain perspective internally at TIAA, we're actually experimenting with some money movement use cases with blockchain technology, and uh, but not something that we're ready to uh, talk about just yet. But it is something that we're looking at internally to optimize and facilitate money movement uh, between the different lines of businesses that TIAA uh, has so that we can facilitate and improve on the customer experience. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I speaking as a fan of fintech myself, I'd love to see that when it comes out. So hopefully, uh, you know, think of Finnovate when when you're ready to lift the sheet off of that project, because I think <laughs> our audience would love to see it. I would love to see it personally. And, and some really great points here, and some pieces which line up really closely with I think what we've seen from the industry for a little while, and, and what I personally uh, believe in too. You know, the idea of getting rid of plastic and paper um, and moving things into a, a more mobile, into more virtual. I think yes, absolutely. That, that makes a ton of sense. And I think we're going to continue to see it. Um, I really am also interested in this idea of how biometric banking is going to unfold. And you know, I think that the two kind of go hand in hand, right? As you imagine a cashless society, a society where you're not looking at paper checks or even physical plastic cards any longer. Um, you know, this is a, a really unique opportunity, I think. And so, you know, your, your family may be on the, the cutting edge here with the number of um, you know, listening devices and and uh, at Google Home type devices that your your kids are growing up with, this digital native generation. It's going to be fascinating to watch how they perceive banking. So, um, well, this has been a really fascinating conversation. I appreciate the time that you have taken to share with us your perspective. It's really interesting and enlightening. I think for a lot of people in fintech to be able to hear. You know, what is going on at a, a really large-scale financial institution like TIAA Bank. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me. Thank you for having me, Grady. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. We'll be in touch in the future, I'm sure. The Finnovate Podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.